Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Another edition of Weeby Geeks. It is your dazzling duo, Derek, not Eric, but Derek, mm-hmm. and myself, Mike. How's it going? Actually, it's going pretty well. I just had my yearly physical uh, tonight, and my doctor says that I am as fit as Captain America after he's been eaten by the blob. <laughs> So, did you get scared when you heard turn your head and cough and the sound of latex <laughs> snapping? No, that's my favorite part. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> uh, well, you are citizens, um, which, wondering where the citizen thing came from. It, it comes from our, our promo, which, do I, do I have that on here? I should play that so people get that reference because that's what uh, that's what we're now putting on the Weeby Geeks baseball and hockey jerseys is they'll say citizen in the number 12, which is the year that the show was started. Hmm. So here here's the reason why we're saying citizen. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more? Yeah, if I could find the original audio clips for that and find some sort of patriotic march music, that could almost be the new theme. Hmm, that's an interesting idea. I have one every now and then. But that that could work. I mean, not ha- I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do do we leave the show name on there or the the website in the intro, or do you gotta hear yeah, that part again? I think we could. Citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the geek revolution. Want to know more? Actually, I think we could cut that. Mm. Who did that? Uh, it was a guy uh, who used to work Atmosphere at Epcot. Oh, no kidding. The World <laughs> Showcase Players, who was uh, actually in one of the Halloween movies, I, I believe. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. If you live in Florida, you've seen them in the past in, in Bright House commercials or Florida Lottery commercials. He does a lot of commercial work as well. Hmm. Great comedian, too. Hmm. So, yeah, I have to see if I can find his drops. I know I've got them somewhere. And just re- find a different song, because playing that one, even though it's our promos playing on top of it, may redo this background song for the promo as well, because we could get copyright trouble, mm-hmm. considering that came right out of, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Starship Troopers. Right. Well, I'm sure you could find something... Yeah. To use. like It's got to be like some sort of patriotic march. I'll find something. I have a source. <laughs> so um, check out the website, WeebyGeeks.net. Uh, down the side is our affiliates. Check them out. Uh, I would refer you to the store, but the store is, uh, the store is going through uh, maintenance at the moment, so it's not available. Uh, oh. It's in the process of being moved to a new site created by our host of the store. Oh, nice. So uh, that will be updated shortly. Um, but you can click like the Loot Crate link, and there's plenty of 
of uh, plenty of stuff there, like Harry Potter or uh, um, Marvel Gear and Goods, Deadpool, their Vault, the Remix, a bunch of different crates that Hello Kitty, if you're into that, a bunch of different crates that you could subscribe to, uh, which if you do, we get, you get a little bit of a kickback for that at no additional cost to you. Same thing with superhero stuff, same thing uh, with Ripped Apparel, um, TV Store Online, etc. Uh, fan Chest, I think I'm missing one. But if you're looking at getting into podcasting, though, check out our sponsors, Cat Audio and Tascam. They're there for your podcasting needs. Um, so, Derek, I think maybe you need to start a podcast. Uh, or well. two. Uh, if I can, f- if I can fit him in with the other two podcasts I've started. Okay. Whoa, Rez there for a second. That was I did. Yeah, on my end. That was weird. I meant to do that, as he says slyly. Yeah. So, um, how about this? Pirates of the Caribbean. We're all familiar with that movie, right? Uh, vaguely. Being that it's one of my wife's favorite. Uh, I think that was the wrong movie, wasn't it? Yeah, that was from uh, Pirates 3. Oh, right, 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 right. When he's in with the cannibals. Uh, for a second, I was thinking that was his Tonto. <laughs> tonto. Tonto. Uh. Oh, no. I was very uh, no Tonto. Tonto made me chemo. Sorry, <laughs> I get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, Disney Eyes, a reboot from Deadpool writers. Well, that's interesting. Uh, Disney's considering rebooting the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and has Rhett Reese and Paul Rennick in talks to work on the project. With the Pirates of the Caribbean movies having grossed around $4.5 billion worldwide across five movies. Not too shabby. That is four mega million or three, three and a half mega million jackpots. I do not want to talk about the mega million jackpots that I did not win. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to steal the line from 50 Cent. The winner of the Mega Million touched me in the wrong way 30 years ago. <laughs> but the winner is only 25. Exactly. It was really wrong. We got to be careful. We're going to start going into Keepers of the Fringe territory. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as we keep it clean, language-wise. <laughs> Um, so apparently it's n- according to Screen Rant and the person who did this article, Sandy Schaefer, uh, she's saying, you know, it's never, never been really a question of whether the, the House of Mouse, uh, will continue the swashbuckling franchise. It's been more, how will they attempt to do it? Uh, I don't know. I think there was a question for a while of if they're keeping it, especially after the little movie that, uh, Derek referenced earlier. Pirates of the, <laughs> Pirates of the Old West. I mean, the Lone Ranger. Um, Of course, this was the first installment of the theme park turned movie series. Uh, The Curse of the Black Pearl was a surprise and the commercial success when in a very much a commercial success when it hit theaters back in 2003 uh, with no small part to Johnny Depp, which, yeah, that was Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow has been perfect for him, like Robert Mm. Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. I would say so. Except the difference is Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes does not feel like Robert Downey Jr. doing Tony Stark as Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Whereas Johnny Depp, his Mad Hatter feels like Jack Sparrow doing Mad Hatter. Jack mm-hmm. Sparrow doing Tonto. Jack Sparrow doing, well, no, not doing Sweeney Todd. That was actually one where it, it actually felt more natural. Um, but since then, since 2003, uh, most everyone seems to agree that both Depp's, Johnny Depp's performance and the Pirates of the Caribbean movies in general have diminished in quality with each passing installment. As such, De- 
Dead Man Tell No Tales was designated to serve as something as a soft reboot for the franchise. Mm. However, Disney is now considering a complete overhaul, and as opposed to making a, a more straightforward Pirate 6, which is reported, which I think we even talked about back during the summer. Uh, we might have, yeah. The site is now, Deadline is now reporting that Reese and Rennick are now in early talks to write the Pirates reboot following their meeting with the studio. In addition, uh, Deadpool and Deadpool 2, uh, they are known for having written the great zombie action comedy Zombieland. Uh, they have also written scripts for Zombieland 2, which will finally reach theaters in 2019. And do I have to say this guy's name? And the killer of all childhood cartoon shows, Michael Bay, um, which they're currently filming for Netflix, uh, Six Underground, among other projects that are currently in the pipeline. Uh, these two guys have, have demonstrated a real knack for writing movies that blend witty comedy and impressive action sequences, which makes them a um, perfect match, so to speak, for the tone and stylings of pirates um it's also worth noting that deadlines report is somewhat vague on whether they would whether it be a complete reboot or a, a partial reboot partial continuation along the lines of like jurassic world to jurassic park oh i get okay i get that yeah, yeah. I, I mean it was a continuation but it was a reboot right which okay and i'm you know saying that it makes me almost wonder if that's what the maybe what the sequel trilogy for star wars should have been or maybe hmm. that's what they were trying to go after go for it's a continuation it's a partial continuation but partial reboot <sighs> Yeah. Because Star Trek with J.J. Abrams is almost the same way, I would think. Right, yeah. That's a continuation, but it's also a reboot. Hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, um, so now the one question is, should Pirates of the Caribbean ditch Johnny Depp? <sighs> well... That's the funny thing about it. Because Depp's not funny? Uh, but, <laughs> Anymore? Uh, I mean, it's been... We're talking. We're talking about the sixth movie, sixth movie in the franchise, the sixth time of Johnny Depp playing Jack Sparrow, and um, don't ask me why I said it like that. But anyway, so it's kind of getting a little been there, done that. But on the other hand, you got to kind of wonder at this point if there is a Pirates of the Caribbean without. Without Jack Sparrow, without Johnny Depp, right? But the, so it's it's. Uh... But I guess the my next question would be: Do we need do we need a, do we need Jack Sparrow in this next film or in this next series? Can we go with a whole new character that's kind of similar but but different? Maybe. I'm sure you you guys talked about this over on Keepers. Hopefully, now we don't really we don't really talk about the the Pirates of the Caribbean okay. over there. Well, then I guess I'm leading you down a a path you hadn't gone for before. This, this is story. true. So I don't know. I mean, to to me, I don't think we need Johnny Depp. I, yeah, I can I can see that. See the thing the thing is. For me, like I loved, I loved the first movie. The first movie was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, and what what I loved about it was it was a fun pirate movie. Yeah. Uh, um, with oh, the, a little bit, the battle sequences were great. Yes. Um, it was a fun pirate movie with a little bit of a supernatural element to it, with the the ghost story. You know, the the yeah dead man's chest and everything. Which was which was perfect. Which I really enjoyed that. And then what started turning me off from from the the franchise is they kept going more and more into the into the the supernatural. I don't, I don't know if you want to call it supernatural, but they 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 were going more and more into the myths and legends and stuff, and and it felt less piratey to me, if that makes sense. I don't know. But yeah. um, I mean, I just I didn't mind um the second one with Davy Jones's locker. I didn't either. I didn't like it as much as the first one, but I didn't mind it. Yeah. But I didn't think it really needed to carry over into a two-parter. No. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't either. And I think that's what kind of hurt. Yeah. That. Yeah. Exactly. 
Even though I love that whole battle scene taking place in the in the whirlpool. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that, yeah, was, that was awesome. Good. But I didn't think the whole movie needed to be a two parter. Yeah, definitely. I mean that easily could have been add another half hour and you could potentially shorten different scenes or cut different scenes mm. and just made it one film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean that's just me. But so I don't know, you might be right. Maybe uh maybe we do try it without Johnny Depp, see how it go. Or or maybe have just have Johnny Depp as as a cameo or something, you know? Yeah. Or a small part where where the main focus will be on somebody else, but they you know, they do at one point at some point meet up with Johnny D- with Captain Sparrow and and for whatever brief moment give him a cameo like keith richards yes exactly yeah and but tone it down right don't don't let Depp overtake the scene because if he does he's gonna overtake the movie right and then and i want to see more more uh pirate high seas adventure and less of the the supernatural stuff yeah i think so I think yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, you can have some like you did with the first movie, but don't make it such a focus of it. And that was what I didn't like about the last one too. Um, it was just too much. So for me, it was just the same exact thing. It was just not w- what I was looking for. Right. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. My ears just pop. Mm-hmm. So well, I guess we could carry on with some more movie news. Well, I would like to think that we had a bit of influence in this next story. Why would award winners like us have influence? (laughs) We probably didn't didn't actually influence us in any way, but I'm going to go with the thought that we did. Uh, because if you may recall a couple of months ago, I don't even remember exactly when, uh, we had one of the, I can't remember. Is it Kyoto or Chiodo? Kyoto. I can't remember. It is Kyoto. Yeah. Kyoto. We had one of the Kyoto brothers on the show talking about yeah, doing Charlie. another, yes, doing another, uh, killer clowns from outer space. And recently it came out in the news that there was some talk uh, about it actually happening and no mention of our interview. Thank you very much, people. (laughs) We need to figure out how do we get that out there more that, hey, we kind of spurred this. Mm. Um, But now... Uh, it looks like killer clowns from outer space uh, might something might actually be happening with it. And of course, uh, the 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 uh, big word of the last few years, the uh, what's the uh, buzzword? There you go. That's what I was looking for. Buzzword has been reboot. That's right, kids. Another couple of reboots uh sci-fi and i don't i don't think they were looking for reboot though they were I looking for a sequel no they were yes but sometimes you gotta take what you can get uh because sci-fi the sci-fi channel is planning on bringing back both killer clowns from outer space and another 80s cult classic critters um yeah but but you you know they do say you can't always get what you want this is true uh so there aren't stones (laughs) there aren't a whole lot of details yet on this uh other other than the uh the rumors impossible reports that that these two may not be the only classics getting reboots from sci-fi in the near future According to this new report, Sci-Fi is looking to make reboots a big part of their business model moving forward, which I suppose is no worse than doing the Sharknado. Anyway, yes, that is exactly what I was thinking. Uh, Part of that includes licensing the rights for both Critters and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, Now, notice what I just said, licensing the rights for those. Uh, the wording in the report is pretty specific in that sci-fi would just be license, licensing the rights, not necessarily in control of them entirely. Uh, but then it gets more vague in saying that 
they are both going to be new feature films, quote unquote. Uh, so does that mean a continuation of sorts that modern audiences can still enjoy or a straight up remake slash reboot? Well, right now we don't know for sure, but, uh, we know that, uh, we actually have talked about on Keepers of the Fringe, my other podcast, we have talked about Critters and there was a plan at one point to have Critters come back as a series. I I think Uh, I remember hearing about that many moons ago. Yes, many, many moons ago. And I don't remember who was going to be doing the series, but we were kind of excited about it. Um, But who knows what's going on with that now because of this. Not all the people. <laughs> yes. Now, Critters was a great franchise uh, that started out in 1986 uh, and came out came in the wake of the success of Gremlins, another classic. Yeah. Uh, the movie centers on small, violent little aliens who torture some fine folks in a small farming town. Even had several sequels, uh, Critters 2, the main course, uh, Critters 3, which actually gave Leonardo DiCaprio his first movie role, and Critters 4. But uh, that came out in 92, and the franchise has been dormant ever since. And of course, uh-huh. we, all, we all, if you listen to the, to the interview we did, we all know about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Came out in 88, uh, has gained serious cult stat- status, directed by Steven Chiodo. Uh, Kyoto, Kyoto excuse me. That's right, because they in, in his article they 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 wrote it as C H I D O, so that would be Chido. Well, <laughs> Chido. That's the way it's spelled, but with the Italian, I thought he said no, C H S. Yeah, but it's C H I O D O, and they put they up here they only put C H I D O. They missed one of the O's. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, the Kyoto brothers have been discussing plans for a new trilogy as far back in as 2016, but that never happened. And so that that franchise has been sitting dormant for 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it would be tough to make new movies based on either of these properties for a very wide audience. Well, you know. Maybe, maybe well, not. Well, I think it's funny too. A few months after we do the interview with Charlie talking about Killer Clowns, mm. um, and of course it would have happened right around the time of the planning stages for Halloween Horror Nights here in Orlando. Mm. Funny how one of the haunted houses here is a Killer Clowns haunted house. Yes, very interesting. So people listen. <laughs> Um, of course, sci-fi does have the perfect niche to serve just to serve reboots like this. And uh, they also have <laughs> plans to reboot the Leprechaun series with Leprechaun Returns that's set to debut in March of 2019. I think that would be... It's harder to do without Billy Barty. Mm, yes. Um, the other thing is, if it's going to be on the Sci-Fi Channel, it might not. They might not be able to. I mean, we're talking about R-rated movies here originally, so yeah. Well, at this point in time, would you mind them being an actual series? See, I would love to see Killer Clowns done as a series. Me too. And as I said, I was we were very excited about the Critters series too. So yeah, I would love to see that as a series. But you know, we'll see what happens with those. It'll be interesting at the very least, <laughs> but in a interesting in a good way. Who knows? <laughs> True. Very true. Well, here tell you something else that's interesting. Wonder Woman being mm. pushed back from December to December twenty nineteen to uh was it June of twenty twenty? And it has and along with this, it's also been announced yes. that the six billion dollar man <clears throat> is being taken <laughs> off the release calendar. Uh now Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four will now open June fifth, twenty twenty. Um and 
you know, they say it's the same corridor in which the first movie debuted in 2017. Uh, and of course, the sequel was supposed to. They, there's Hollywood Reporter saying it was supposed to open November 1st of 2019, but everything we've talked about has been December of 2019. No, it was November. Was it? Yeah, it's always been November. Okay. Um, they said we've had tremendous success releasing the first Wonder Woman film during the summer. So when we saw the opportunity, we took advantage and changed of changing the competitive landscape. Uh, Godot tweeted, this movie lands the film exactly where it belongs in the summer. Okay. So right now, the, the vibe is with these two things, there's really nothing wrong with it. They're doing what maybe Lucasfilm should have done with Solo and just pushed it back. Right which we've talked about end of August, maybe mm-hmm. now end of October, beginning November would have been ideal for Solo. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. So, but Solo was still a great film. Don't get me wrong. No. Um, now the sequel reunites Godot with director Patty Jenkins and co-star Chris Pine. Um, I guess Chris Pine, when he get, gets blown up, gets zapped. I'm going to guess gets zapped into a wormhole that throws him into the future. Yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. Let's see what let's see what they do to screw up this with with Steve Trevor. But then again, Steve Trevor's been through every rendition of Wonder Woman anyway. Basically, so. yeah. So the guy yeah. never grows old. Um and he never dies. So they're hoping that you know the movie will do the same and gross more than the four hundred you know, gross around the four hundred and twelve million it did in North America by releasing in in June. Uh it was also announced that the six billion dollar man uh <laughs> is being put on hold. Uh the picture had been set to open in June, which is now being occupied by Wonder Woman. Uh Mark Wahlberg is a t- is attached to star in the long awaited film adaptation. Adaptation, uh, which picked up, which was picked up from the now defunct Weinstein Weinstein comp, uh, Corporation or company. Mm. Uh, relocating Wonder Woman 1984 means it won't appear a mere week mere weeks after Todd Phillips' supervillain pick Joker, starring Walking Dead Dark Phoenix. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, which opens in October of 2019. Uh, in its new date, Jenkins' sequel is has um, June 5th through 7th all to itself. Um, a week later, Universal's action thriller Red Notice, starring Dwayne Johnson, of course it is, is set to <laughs> unfurl on June 12th, 2020. And last week, Disney moved Jungle Cruise from October of 2019 to July 24th, 2020. Also starring, of course it is, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, But it doesn't matter what you think, because nobody's smelling what The Rock is cooking these days. I'm smelling something. (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for the moment when they have two Rock films coming out at the same time on the same day. Because you know it's coming. Yeah. Who? And the question again will be: Does it matter? <laughs> so yeah. So that's what Warner Brothers has got going on. Um, maybe Fox has got something going on as well. Interestingly enough, they do. Um, now there is a comic book. Uh, actually, it's more. Almost, almost, yeah, Uh, or a series of them called Mouse Guard. And if you've never read Mouse Guard, I highly recommend it. I have not read all of them. I've missed some, but it's a beautiful series. Yeah, beautifully drawn, beautifully written, and uh, 20th Century Fox is planning to do a movie based on the comic Mouse Guard. Uh, in fact, it is scheduled to begin production this January with a budget of $150 million. Wow. Uh, so oh, sorry. <laughs> 100 <clears throat> anyway uh based so <laughs> so it is based on the comic s- series which is written and drawn by David Peterson um Fox's Mouse Guard is planned as a hybrid live action and motion capture film similar to Walt Disney Pictures The Jungle Book 
And uh, so the basic synopsis of the of Mouse Guard is when guards mice Saxon, Kenzie, and Liam are dispatched to find a missing merchant mouse that never arrived at his destination, they stumble onto much more than they had bargained for. Intrigue, betrayal, and a deadly traitorous plot to overthrow the stronghold of Lockhaven. That is the description of the first volume, according to Boom Studios. So the film uh, originally, uh, the film is reportedly uh, going to be directed by Wes Ball, who directed Maze Runner, and based on a script by Dante Harper and Gary Witta. Oh, that's cool. Uh, There is no current release date for Mouse Guard. But uh, if it's starting production in January, it won't be too long before it comes out, I am sure. But it's interesting, and I, I, I'm kind of interested in this. I'm going to keep my eye on this one. Okay. Could be a lot of fun. Could be a good movie. Could be. And and the way they're doing it sounds interesting. Yeah, it, it does. Whether or not that'll work, we'll see. It's true. Now, um... Gilmoro del Toro is apparently directing Pinocchio for uh, for Netflix as a movie. Um, he's directing Netflix has given him the green light to write, direct and produce a stop motion Pinocchio movie. Uh, the film will take place in Italy in the 1930s and production is set to begin in the fall. Uh, Patrick McHale will co-write the film and Mark Gustafson will co-direct. The puppets for stop motion will be built by McKinnon and Saunders, uh, who is the team behind The Corpse Bride. Mm. Uh, in our story, Pinocchio is an innocent soul with an uncaring father who gets lost in the world he cannot comprehend. He embarks on an extraordinary journey that leaves him with a deep understanding of his father in the real world. I wanted to make this movie for as long as I can remember as his nose grew. <laughs> Wait, maybe not. Uh, Del Toro has worked with Netflix on his Tales of Arca- Arcadia animated trilogy. Uh, the first series of the franchise Troll Hunters just concluded with a three-season run early this year and the second installment of three below will launch in december uh he also created the horror anthology series uh called gilmaro del toro presents 10 after midnight mm-hmm. so that's that wow that's interesting <clears throat> that's very interesting it, is. it would be interesting it'd be interesting to see his his take on it because uh it probably won't be so kid friendly. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. But to anyway, me, well, to me, this sounds like it. It may be based loosely on the original fairy tale, but it's gonna be completely different. Yeah, that's kind of the, the impression I got as well. Which I'm okay with it too. Oh sure, yeah. It'd be it'd be an interesting new perspective on it, yeah. which is good. Yeah. So. Speaking of interesting things, uh, depending on your opinion of it, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, this past August, uh, Netflix released a new show from Matt Groening, a new animated show called Disenchantment. Which I still haven't Uh, watched. It was, like like I told you before, show, it's no Futurama, but, eh, I mean, you know, it's not horrible for for a... for a start, I think it was only six episodes, maybe. Um, but anyway, See, I, th- I think Netflix needs to limit a season to 10 episodes. Yeah, I agree. Um, that, yeah, I definitely, yeah. Well, I would say the Marvel shows, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so the, sh- the show is not bad. Um, I think, I think it has some potential. Um, but recently, uh, Disenchantment put out a an announcement video, and in the video, they announce that they have been renewed for not one, not two, but three more seasons. Wow. Well, well, technically, technically it's two, but anyway. Um, so they said we're excited to continue this epic journey with Netflix. Stay tuned for more cranked up suspense, infuriating plot twists and beloved characters getting knocked off. 
So uh, the the episodes that are currently on Netflix are actually just the first half of season one. So the second half of season one will be coming out in 2019. And season two will be split up and be coming out in 2020 and 2021. Uh, so if you haven't checked out Disenchantment, uh, basically the story follows three friends, Bean, played by Abby Jacobson, Lucy, played by Eric Andre, and Elfo, played by Nat Faxon. Uh, Bean is the main protagonist, a rebellious princess who doesn't want her role in the kingdom of Dreamland. Elfo is a renegade elf in search of meaning besides mindless work, and Lucy is basically a demon from hell sent to torment Bean. So uh, there you go. If if you enjoyed Disenchantment at all, then, uh, you know, stick with it. Maybe it'll get even better. And uh, if you didn't, then you probably don't care. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Netflix has faith in the show, obviously, if they're going to if they've already greenlit a whole another season and a half. So I'm I got to assume that uh, that they have plans for Disenchantment. So. Maybe sounds, it'll be worth. Sounds like it. Yeah, so it might be worth sticking around. Yeah. So there you go. We'll we'll find out in 2019. Well, what may not be sticking around is uh, we know Iron Fist got canned last week. And yeah. Of after we recorded, uh, Luke Cage got canned. Believe it or not, that announcement came after we recorded Mighty Marvel Geeks. Oh. Even though we kind of said on last week's show that we kind of expect that to go too. Well, well, yeah. Let's. Well, it, it definitely wasn't a surprise. So. Um, now fans are getting worried that Daredevil and Jessica Jones could be next. Well, don't be surprised after the Punisher comes out that all three are going to get canceled. Um, but, uh, could, according to Geek Tyrant, you know, this could happen sooner than later. Um, it's showing that, you know, social media buzz for all four shows has dropped dramatically over time. It's explained that since mm-hmm. Nets, Netflix doesn't release viewership numbers, social media data is one of the best alternatives. Um, the data points that when Luke Cage premiered in 2016, there were over 300 Twitter and Instagram posts regarding it. Uh, the number took a dive when season premiere, season two premiered with less than 50,000 posts. Uh, Iron Fist went from 120,000 to 20,000 with its second. Jessica Jones launched with 300,000 posts, um, but those numbers were cut in half when the second season was released. Uh, As for Daredevil, it went 275 for season one, uh, dropped to 200,000 for season two, um, but season three is around 75,000. But using social media to judge this, I think is kind of stupid. Uh, Netflix yeah. has the actual numbers, so that's the way they're judging it. They're not judging it based on oh, what's it right. doing on social media? And and there was some talk of of different reasons behind the canceling of Luke Cage and everything, but who knows, you know what the actual story is with that and everything. Right. So, <laughs> well, I I honestly feel that a lot of it is if Netflix cancels it, that means Netflix then gives up the rights to it. Mm, yes, I which would imagine makes so. it easier for Heroes for Hire on Disney Play. Makes it easier to bring Daredevil and Jessica Jones over to Disney Play. Mm-hmm. Makes it easier to move Punisher over to West Coast and potentially bring us Midnight Suns. Maybe. Uh, And I'm sure if all that were to happen, I'm sure, you know, we'd get Heroes for Hire and who knows what else. I think Heroes for Hire would be a great series that should have just already happened. I agree. Season one for the Iron Fist, season one of Luke Cage should have been it. And then they go straight to um, whatchamacallit, to to Heroes Uh, for Hire. Yeah, because... um, they introduced Luke Cage already in Jessica Jones. Right. So they could have done something similar to that with Iron Fist. And that way you could have introduced them in other shows and then brought them together to do Heroes for Hire. Yeah. And I think it would have been better. Yeah. Kind of the same with, um, with uh, whatchamacallit, um, the Defenders. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, Defenders, you could have had Heroes for Hire within it with Cage and... Oh, sure, yeah. Cage and Danny. And then still leave, um, whatchamacallit, you know, Jessica on the outside, but still have her appear occasionally on the inside. Right. So, not saying, but I'm saying. Mm. So, yeah, so that's what's happening. Um, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Mamie Dex. Of course, this story doesn't mention the Punisher, but add the Punisher to that list as well. Don't be surprised when it happens. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely uh, say goodbye to any hopes you had for any other show, Marvel Netflix shows. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much already a given, but I think that kind of puts the, the final nail in the coffin, as they say. Yep, yep. But, again, we do have the Disney streaming service coming out, and they have plans, and I'm sure they could manage to find some plans for these characters as well. So, you know, all is not lost necessarily. True. So, um, of course, we're not joking about this either. Yeah, the, Ooh, nice the, one. The nice. shows are going to potentially be canceled. Very nice. Very nice. That's, like that? that's, that's good. Because now we must move over from Marvel to DC. And uh, <clears throat> I think last week we talked about the new Harley Quinn animated series that's coming out, which we watched a tr- uh, teaser trailer for. Oh, that was so and awesome. That was, yes. And um, so we now have a little bit, little bit of tidbits, more information about it. Uh, in fact, uh, Diedrich Bader, uh, who played Batman on Batman Brave and the Bold, uh he did an interview with Discussing Film recently, and he uh, he revealed that not only will the Joker be appearing in the upcoming Harley Quinn animated series, but that he will be voiced by Alan Tudyk. Um, and, you know, there's, Alan Tudyk is, has become um, quite the character actor, I guess, in a way. I yeah. don't know. He's done uh, some other great voices, some other great characters. Um, So uh, that should definitely be interesting. Um, And, of course, uh, Diedrich Bader has also also said that he will be returning to play Batman again in the Harley Quinn show. So uh, I like like this. It says uh, the Firefly actor is no stranger to playing kooky characters with Wreck-It Ralph's King Candy being a kid friendly and similar type of role as the Joker. Um, (laughs) I yeah. Well, well, well. So uh, yeah, as we said, there was a teaser trailer that came out at New York Comic Con, and it was actually it was very interesting. Uh, And the show will be streaming exclusively on the DC Universe streaming service, and is expected to air sometime in 2019. So, uh, that's, I'm kind of interested to see his take on the Joker. Yeah. That could be very interesting. I'd also like to see him and Mark Hamill have a Joker off. Ooh. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> talking good. But, uh, oh, yeah. But, uh, I believe we have some other DC news. We do. Um, apparently, never thought we would see it happen. Indeed. Um, but Superman could be getting his own Arrowverse show. Oh. Well, you got to do something since uh, Caval, Cable, Cavill, whoever. Henry Cavill. Henry um, <laughs> is no longer going to be Superman. Um, but according to a rumor originating from Fandom Wire, Warner Brothers is looking to shift focus from the DC Extended Universe to uh, the Arrowverse uh, for Superman, beginning with the upcoming crossover event. Um, Interesting. The crossover may serve as the backdoor pilot for a Superman solo series, which means Tyler Hochilin could soon be getting his own show. Ochilin has been playing Man of Steel since 2016, and his actually looks a lot better. Mm, definitely. Um, the only thing I don't like about him is they didn't do the curl in the front, <laughs> that, that trademark curl. Well, they could always, you know, fix that. 
yeah. in the future. Yeah. Um, he's continued to appear on Supergirl uh, as limited guest spots, but when contacted by uh, CBR.com, Warner Brothers declined to comment on these rumors, uh, which leads people to wonder just how likely we may be to see the new Superman series. The funny thing is, even the black costume looked freaking amazing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was, yeah, that was definitely pretty cool. So, uh, even though the role has been relatively small, no comment. Um, <laughs> this is, you know, he's constantly been well received by the Arrowverse fans, which is good for Warner Brothers uh, because it still means the studio still has one Kryptonian to lean on after you know the previous news from the last few weeks. Um, but to lose this particular pillar in the DCEU uh, won't destroy or disrupt the Warner Brothers concept of its film universe since there are no reported plans for Superman in the DCEU, which may be a smart move, but could also be a stupid move. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It's kind of weird to not have Superman in the movies, if, you know, but on the other hand... Yeah, but, you know, with this next line, Deathstroke and Suicide Squad were okay to appear in both universes at different points in time. But, you know, Deathstroke appearing at the end of Justice League and the Suicide Squad having its own movie and getting its own sequel and the Joker getting two different movies. Maybe mm. this is the way DCEU needs to go. It's focused on on teams and stories like this and let TV have the heroes. Because then maybe the next thing is Legion of Doom. And you get some some of the lesser known heroes involved to to combat and bring those characters to the limelight. Interesting, interesting. I mean, is that something you would see? Yeah, sure. I'd give it a shot. Give, give me Hush or Run Riddler Run mm. as a movie. <laughs> Let's let's do a series of Elseworld movies. Gotham by Gaslight live action. Mm, yeah. Killing Joke like live action. See, I'd like to see a Red Sun. That'd be kind of cool. Give us a true Kingdom Come or a true Trinity. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that. I mean, let's, let's let's do the one-off live actions. Let's not try and do, you know, if, if you want to set yourself apart, DC, give us a bunch of these one-offs. Yeah, really. Don't don't get, don't get try and go and do, oh, this is Batman 2, the deep throw to Gotham. <laughs> yeah, I know. More like the cesspool of Metropolis, but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, do stories like that. Give us DK2. Give us DK3 as a story arc. If you want to do a movie series with this day and age, give what the people want. Michael Keaton as old man Batman <laughs> and bring someone young or old man Bruce Wayne and someone young to do Batman Beyond. Mm, that could be interesting. And set it in that future. So um, now since Superman has not appeared in a solo TV series since the finale of Smallville in 2011, um, and of course, the show was immensely popular and continues to inspire and inform other superhero TV shows. It would appear that the one reason another Superman series has not appeared has been the focus of the character on the big screen. Now that that's done, a return to television seems like a natural decision. Sorry, Christopher Reeves brought a certain kind of magic to the role. Definitely. And one and two were great, and it was and it almost hurt them. Well, it did kind of hurt with three, and four totally ruined it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, if that's the case, dust off the scripts and give us Bruce TV series that was never made as well and bring that to the show or to, to the Arrowverse. Yeah, definitely. I would like, I, yeah, I would definitely love to see that. And then you bring Batman to the, to the small screen as well. Mm. So, um, so yeah. Um, but the only downfall with this is, is does it make sense to introduce a Superman solo series when they're getting ready to focus on the introduction of Batwoman? No, probably not. So, but, but you if can, they just plant the seeds. Yeah, that's all it takes is seeds being planted. Mm. So just like they're being planted in Cal at Disney's California Adventure for a Marvel inspired superhero land. Oh, very, very interesting. 
Very nice transition, too. Yes, very nice. Very nice. I like that. Um, now, a Marvel-inspired superhero land will launch in 2020 uh, with the first details of the park extension actually being contained um, or finally surfacing online. Walt Disney New Walt Disney World News Today. Oh, God. It's a site that's a bane of my existence. <laughs> if you've listened to Mighty Marvel Geeks, you've heard me <laughs> rant and rave over these guys and how, yeah, they might eventually hit, hit the right stories, but their timing sucks. Mm. Oh, 2016, University of Energy is going away and it's going to be a Guardians roller coaster. Okay. It didn't go away in 2016. It happened in 2017 when the announcement happened at the 35th anniversary back in 2017. <laughs> so you were close, but not really. Um, but apparently, it, WDW News Today has shared the initial wave of reveals for the upcoming Marvel Land. Um, so what's coming? According to, you know, of course, they showed a poster. I uh, can't tell if that's supposed to be an Avengers Quinjet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Which looks, but it almost looks like a Fantastic Four jet. Yeah, it does. That's why, yeah, that's why I was a little confused. I'm not exactly sure. It also almost looks like an X-Men jet. Mm, Yeah, I could see that, yeah. But we see Spider-Man. We see Spider-Man. We see Avengers Tower. We see Black Panther. We see Gamora and Groot and Star-Lord and Doctor Strange. I do not see Iron Man. Nope. I do not see Cap. Nope. I don't even see anything that resembles or even says Stark Industries. Nope. And there's no Thor either. Yeah. Now, what's underneath Spider-Man's left knee? What is that symbol there on that building? I can't tell. And then my next question is, look to the left of that symbol, almost above Gamora. Does that building almost look like a soda can? Yes. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it is a soda can, actually. <laughs> uh, they mentioned it in the article. Um, now, Disney goers are already seeing the construction walls at the park um, with labels of Stark Industries on it. Uh, this is in the area that used to be It's Tough to Be a Bug Theater uh, was located. This will become an interactive Spider-Man attraction. Now, I'm going to save this for after show. Um, it's apparently screen-based and probably 3D, so it's expected to feel a lot like a Marvel version of Toy Story Mania. Uh, but no, because it's tough to be a bug. You sat there. Toy Story Mania, you're in a car that spins around and you play car games so I don't see that happening mm. um, but they're saying it's gonna be turned into a ride it's tough to be a bug at theater is not a ride we have one here at magic at Animal Kingdom that's where they got their idea from um, spider-man ride will lead an entire will lead the entire intersection of the park which will stretch back towards Disney's current Marvel themed attraction Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout throughout the area there will be several different rides restaurants shops and attractions based on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yay, shawarma. <laughs> um, that'd be funny if they did have a restaurant that serves shawarma. Uh, that'd that be one, be, yes. That'd be one of my favorite they places. Might. Um, they might. Who knows? There will also apparently be some version of the Sanctum Santorum. Uh, restaurants in the area will include a counter-service dining option mm-hmm. as well as an Ant-Man-themed microbrewery, in which case you can see the giant beverage can which represents this new restaurant. So... Um, all things included in this first phase of the Marvel Land, there are plans for an entire second phase as well, which will feature some sort of Quinjet a in a massive Avengers e-ticket attraction, which is expected to be a roller coaster. Unfortunately, details are not specific. According to WDW News Today, all of these details have been confirmed by internal documents, so they're not so much rumors at this point as they are facts that have yet to be officially revealed. Hmm. So I'm going to say officially... I'm going to go to their actual thing. I'm going to say officially, I know these guys truly do not have connections at at that stage level where someone that high up would grant them copies of these conversations without losing their job. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. And that building I was talking about is apparently Mission Breakout. And it's probably the collector's logo. Oh, okay. So, 
Um, uh, apparently, Hong Kong Disneyland has plans for a Marvel area as well. Um, of course, they're saying this boxy-looking building that's in that video is the same roller coaster being built at Disney's California Adventure, which makes me almost wonder, is that r- roller coaster going to be the same as what's going to be used as the Guardians roller coaster here in Cal- here in Orlando, but just rethemed to the Avengers, since they could do Avengers out there and not out here. Mm. So Funny how that works out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't put too much weight into this. And again, as I've always said, these are rumors. Um, just I'm, I'm now almost kind of curious to listen to to their podcast where they talk about this so I can laugh and just <laughs> throw language around that's not appropriate for this show. <laughs> because they're morons and they think they have something that they don't have. Yeah. Because in all honesty, I don't believe they have the connections that they claim that they have. So anyway, I don't have anything else. No, I think we covered everything. Have we? Is that it? Is that That's all sh- our stories. Huh? Is that a shoe? I mean, show? Uh, a really, really good shoe. Really good shoe. Please enjoy the left one as well. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho. So, um, well, I guess before next week, Halloween's next week. Oh, yes. So, got a favorite Halloween movie or horror film? Mm. Something that fits the season? I, I don't know. I, I'm still I'm still solid on the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. That that's that's my uh, that's my go to. Are you gonna see the new one someday? I want to, and and I'm reading that the new one basically gets rid of everything, except basically, for the first yeah. one. Yep, I'm it like, just continue. It just is a continuation of the first one. Yeah. Which the second one was great. Why couldn't you just list the second one? Mm. And H two O wasn't bad outside of Buster Rhymes, mm. but it wasn't bad. I thought it continued the story well from the first. But I mean, at least Jamie Lee Curtis is still involved. Yes, that's true. So that that's that's the saving grace there. She's still involved, and and even the way she looks in the trailers in this one, <laughs> she's still hot. Mm-hmm. She she's she's still hot. Indeed, indeed. So, um, so yeah. I, to me, like I said, Halloween's been the the big one. I've always liked Halloween. That's one I go back and watch. Well, I guess you can't go wrong with Halloween on Halloween. <laughs> no, you can't. I'll tell you something I haven't done in a long time, and that's go ride Haunted Mansion at Magic Kingdom at Halloween. But I can't. Oh wow! But I can't do it now because usually Halloween night they're doing Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween, and that's a hard ticket event. Oh really? So I can't get in there for that. Mm. But uh, something I would love to do is go ride at like 11.59. <laughs> Beyond for that last ride of the night. I don't know. There, there may be something creepy about it. I don't care. That's my, <laughs> that's my favorite ride at Magic Kingdom. It's a good one. Yeah. I, I have a favorite ride at every park. Oh, yeah? At the moment, Star Tours over at Studios. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like I, I like Expedition Everest at at Animal Kingdom, but I'm I'm more of a Kilim- Kilimanjaro Safari guy. I love Kilimanjaro Safari. Uh, Magic Kingdom again, Haunted Mansion, uh, Studios or not Studios, Epcot. I say it's the Frozen ride. Okay, kidding, kidding. <laughs> I like. I used to love Journey into Imagination, but when they changed it, it kind of. Uh, eh. But I, I like Soren. Hmm. Soren's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. And and they have a new movie, and I haven't seen it yet. Uh. So I'm behind. <laughs> so what about you? Favorite hor- favorite horror film? Well, uh, it's hard to say, being that I was never a huge horror fan. So, um, so but, I've heard on that show called Keepers. Yes, uh, but Chris has been slowly introducing me to some. And uh, I got to say, recently, um, we watched uh, In the Mouth of Madness. That was pretty good. That's interesting, yeah. That was a good one. Um Attack of the Killer Donuts. Yes, yes, that, that was an interesting one. Actually, that one was pretty interesting. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, so, yes, thank you. So, yeah, but I never really had, like, a favorite Halloween movie. What's the one that has literally scared the bejesus out of you? Uh, that would be The Exorcist. I will wholeheartedly agree. 
I watched that. See, I did a dumb thing. I watched that uh, when I was younger. I forget how old. I was maybe maybe in high school or something. I watched it one night by myself, <laughs> and that was the dumbest thing I could have done. I think I wa- I think I watched it. See, typically for me, it was like um, Friday night, Saturday nights. Starting around my freshman year of high school, maybe a little earlier, I tried to stay up to watch movies, to watch mm-hmm. different things on my own, by myself, because no school, sleep in, do what I want. Uh, yeah. Plus, that's when I got to watch movies that I wouldn't <laughs> much otherwise be allowed to watch. Um, sure, sure. Learned why Cinemax on Friday and Saturday nights was called Skinemax. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> um, watch on Saturday nights. Uh, this is when this is how I got introduced to Doctor Who. Is my dad? My dad would stay up on Saturday nights and just go. I'm watching my Doctor Who, and then I'm gonna go to bed. You can you had a TV after that. This is where I watched Peter Davison, um, Tom Baker. Well, Tom Baker, then Peter, then uh, did it go Peter Davison next? No, it was in between. Uh, I know I'm back. Curse my memory. I know my memory is not as my memory ain't what it used to be. Well, my my wife is uh is getting into the new Doctor Who mm. because she she's figuring that this is the the ideal time to jump on to Doctor Who for her. Sure, sure, sure. Which which I don't I like blame it. her. I don't blame her. No, hey, I like the new Doctor. I'm very hey, happy with her. She she's loving it. Um, no, I was right. Uh, Tom Baker into Peter Davison. Right. So even though both of those came after, I mean, most of the time that's what I was watching was Baker and Davison. Even though for me, high school years was during the Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy era, which <laughs> Colin wasn't bad. I dealt with him. I didn't have that many problems with him. Colin, while great, or Sylvester McCoy, while a great actor, totally did not like the direction his doctor went. I don't really remember that one, him, his doctor that well, his, so. His is the one that had the umbrella with the question mark handle. Mm. I'm going to show you this picture of him, and you're going to go, oh, yeah. So, and here he is right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Told you. See, here's another shot yep, of him yep, here. Yep. Then you had uh, Peter. Yeah. Then you had Paul McGann. Um, only did one year. Then you had Christopher Eccleston, Eccleston for a year, and then David Tennant took over. Yeah, David Tennant, so, one of my favorites. So yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of four and five for my for my dogs. Mm, four, five, and six. Four, five, and six. And originally, I th- I thought the original plot was there was only supposed to be seven generations. I think so, yeah. Wasn't wasn't that the the original story arc? I believe so, yes. Something like that. And now they're on thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um try and see if uh Wikipedia says anything about about that. Um I guess they really don't talk about it. It's like fight club. Yeah. But I, I wanna say originally it was only supposed to be regenerations. Here we go. Um they they don't mention anything about how many regenerations he was supposed to have. Mm-hmm. I could have always I could have sworn there was only supposed to be seven. Like seven or nine. Yeah, it was something like that. Or ten, maybe. Yeah, because they, they do. But there was, yeah, there's a reason for it. There was, it was a part of the story, but. Yeah, because McCoy would have been the last one if there were seven. Yeah. And then, because they went from 89 to 96 with one episode, one story with McGann. And then Eccleston came in in 2005 with 13 episodes, but 10 stories. So bit of trivia for you <laughs> the doctor with the most episodes since we've already mentioned the doctor with the least amount <laughs> any guesses the doctor with the least amount well we just said that's paul mcgann doctor with the most doctor with the most i'm gonna go with, gonna go with my man tom baker 172 episodes 41 stories nice he was 40 when he started 47 when he ended wow so and then Davidson was 29 when he started, 32 when he ended. Colin Baker was 40 and 43. Uh, and then McCoy was 44 to 46. And looking at this, uh, Peter Davidson was the youngest of them all. Hmm. And believe it or not, Peter Capaldi is the second oldest. I believe that. To start 
but was the oldest to finish. As William Hartnell, first doctor, was 55 when he started, 58 when he ended. Capaldi was 55 when he started and 59 when he ended. Mm. And actually, I'm wrong. The youngest was Matt Smith. Oh, right. 27 to 31. Mm. So... There we go. Show episode. Who are you? Who are you? So, you are who? (laughs) Anyway, sorry we sidetracked like we did, but hey, we sidetracked like we did. It was a good reason. There you go. But no, I agree with you. Exorcist, creepy as hell. Even today, (laughs) even though I know how all the effects are done and I can recreate 99% of them, I will not watch that movie. Yeah, well, because it's it's about more than just the effects. It's the the whole... It's the plot. um, It's the story. It's the script. The atmosphere. It just... Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a good movie. It's just Oh yeah, I just I can't do it. Nope. I will watch it one more time when my daughter wants to watch it for the first time. Mm. <laughs> uh, good luck. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, uh outside of that, yeah, I'm not watching it again. Mm. No way in Hades. <laughs> so, um anything else we could derail with? Uh it well, I do have one thing. Uh, not great news, but, uh, I just read today that, uh, legendary movie composer John Williams is currently in the hospital in London. No. Yes. Uh, he pulled out of a concert with the London Symphony Orchestra that was set to take place on Friday. Uh, and in a statement from the Royal Albert Hall where the concert was taking place, uh, they said that Williams was suffering from a last-minute illness, and they have also indicated that he's receiving care for the sickness at the hospital. And his management issued a statement that said, John is so sorry that an illness prevents him from conducting Friday's concert, and he's grateful to his friend Maestro Dirk Brass for taking the podium in his place. He so wishes he could be with everyone, and the knowledge that 5,000 of his friends will be joining together to celebrate his music is a great comfort to him as he recovers. He wishes everyone a very joyous evening of music. So it doesn't sound like life or death necessarily. Um, we can hope. Maybe it's he not just life or death. No, yeah, definitely hope. Uh, maybe he just caught a bad flu or something. Who knows? Or some kind of stomach bug. But we, you know, we wish case. the best for Mr. Williams. Bad case of fish and chips. Could be. Could be. Uh, we wish the best for him, and we hope he recovers quickly. Yes, very much so. That'd be devastating if we ever lose. Well, it'll be devastating when we lose John John Williams. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> but there we go. Yeah. Um. I guess to wrap it up, anything else? Nope, that's all I got. Well then, uh, for that for that song that we may keep as our closer, even though we're going to potentially redo the opener. Want to know more? So, um... The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Hello, operator, give me the number for 911.